join with me this morning? We exalt Thee. We exalt Thee. We exalt Thee. Join with me and say, we exalt thee, we exalt thee, we exalt thee, How about just slipping up a hand towards? heaven and sing to the Lord. We exalt thee. Yes, I do, Lord. We exalt thee. With all of my heart, I do. We exalt take a moment and magnify the name of Jesus today. He's worthy to be praised. His name is great above everything. When we begin to exalt the name of the Lord, expect everything else in life to begin to diminish as we begin to magnify Him. Come on one more time all over the building. Just give Him praise. Give Him honor. Give Him glory. He's worthy. He's deserving today of everything we give Him. Praise the name of the Lord. Luke chapter 15, if you would like to turn with me, it will be on the screen here in just a moment, Luke chapter 15, and I'm going to read verse number 20 and lengthily reading this morning down through verse number 31 of Luke chapter 15. This is such a familiar passage of scripture and I'm certainly not coming with anything earth shattering this morning. 
But just want to leave you a word today. Luke chapter 15, verse number 20. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came, he drew nigh to the house. He heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and the father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. Now the disturbing part of this story. And he was angry and wouldn't go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, and hath killed for him the fatted calf, And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all, everybody say all, all that I have is thine. All that I have belongs to you. I want to speak for a little bit this morning on the blessing of the faithful, the blessing of the faithful through thanksgiving. Thank you, Sister Serena. Through Thanksgiving, I suppose, like many of you, I was constantly reminded of just how good God has been to me. As we sat, and this year was very different for us than any year. As a matter of fact, it was we were a little disappointed, I suppose, maybe even a, a tad bit um, saddened. I had a cousin pass away a few days before Thanksgiving, and my family were there in, with my grieving family, and we were unable to make the trip. I did have two sisters, as I said earlier, that came and joined us for Thanksgiving, but we sat with my three sons and Annette and I, two of my sisters around the table. It was the smallest Thanksgiving that we have had in our home in, I believe, about 18 years. We usually have about 30, and my wife cooks for all of them. So on a positive note, my wife cooked for 30. Not really, but there was enough food. I do believe 30 could have eaten. And we had a good time. And as I sat there looking around the room, spending the afternoon with family, relaxed, nothing on my mind other than just being thankful to the Lord, 
eating, sleeping, and repeating. We were reminded of just how blessed that we really are. How many things could have gone differently than what they went. God has been so good to us. I I'm, was just so grateful and I began to reflect on how good the Lord has been to me personally and to my family and then I began to reflect on how good God has been to this church and how important that this church has been to my family and I and just what it really means to us and I was thankful. We spent a lot of time just talking and reiterating stories and sharing and resharing the blessings of the Lord. And I spoke of many of you as we talked about the progress of the church, where we have come from and where we have come to and the vision and where we're going to. How blessed we are and each of you have your own story of the blessings of God in your life. How that God has brought us to where we are. There was one common thread that continually rose in our conversations. And that is the faithfulness of God and how that the faithfulness of God was so rich in, in, in our lives. And how that God's blessings in our life often uh, are impacted by the level of our faithfulness. And to understand how that God doesn't cut us out of blessings, but we can so easily cut ourselves out of the blessings of God. We can remove ourselves. It isn't God that has removed us, and it certainly is no one else that has moved us. As a matter of fact, the scripture teaches a principle that no man can take us out of the hand of the Lord. That doesn't mean that we can't fall from grace and we can't fail God and we can't backslide and mess up because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and if we're not careful, there we will go again. But we can blame it on whatever we want to blame it on but failure and failing God and being unfaithful and walking away from the Lord it's really not related to anyone else. It really is up to us. Nobody can take us out of the hand of the Lord and and the Lord is not removing us because He is angry with us, but oftentimes we may remove ourselves from the blessings of God because we uh, remove ourselves uh, out from under the hand or the protection of the mighty God. And so we actually had a little conversation about the blessings of God and how rich and how pure the blessings of God have been and how that uh, some people, um, if they're not careful, will get crossways with God, get crossways with the church, get crossways with family, or, and they remove themselves out from under the protection. Uh, we, were, we were discussing uh, entire families that have been torn apart and been, been shattered, uh, been disappointed because somebody chose to do their own thing or go their own way or remove themselves 
out from under the hand and the protection of God. In our text today, we see a very clear story of an elderly son, or an elder son, maybe I should say, not elderly, but elder son, that uh, stayed faithful to the father's house. And then we see the younger son, and the younger son who came and asked for everything that belonged to him. He had made a decision that he wanted to move out from under the covering of the father's house. I don't know about you today, but uh, my, our conversation that I had with Gentry yesterday uh, kind of reminded me of, of this text and pulled me into uh, the study of this text for this morning as I began to see the importance of the covering of the Father's house and the importance of the covering of the Father and knowing that uh, as long as I have the blessing and the covering uh, of the Father that uh, I, there, there's not a whole lot that's going to be able to harm me. Things are still going to come against me. Things are still going to fight. Sickness is still going to come. Struggle is still going to be there. Hardships are still going to be there. But just to know that I am walking safely within the shadow of the Almighty. That I am safely locked within the shadow of God given a covering over me. And the covering of the church and knowing that when struggle comes and trial comes and disappointment comes and sickness and death and financial struggle or whatever it may be that may come knocking at your door. That you're not facing it alone. But that you have an entire family of the church that is there for you, that's holding you up in prayer, that is encouraging you, that is strengthening you, that is lifting you up, and that is trying to help you keep on keeping on, trying to help you make the city. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Anybody in the house thankful that you got praying saints in the church? You got faithful people that stand with you through the hardships and the struggles of life. I thank God for it. We were talking about these things over the holidays and how important it is to have people of like precious faith that are praying for you, that are standing with you, that, that, are, that are there with you through the, through the good times and through the bad times. Oh, there's always going to be somebody that gets crossways with God. There's always going to be a young prodigal in spirit that maybe uh, is always going to get crossways and, and maybe they're going to discourage you once in a while and, and maybe they're even going to leave or walk away or pout or, well, maybe I should move on and keep this message positive this morning. But there's always going to be somebody that's going to get a little crossways and, and, and they're going to disappoint you and hurt you or offend you or, or, or mess with you and, and, and just get things just not right. And if we're not careful, it can get down in our spirit. And we can allow it to begin to rule us. And, and it more than just gets in our attitude and in our spirit. But it can start being part of the words that we speak. What, what's going on in the Father's house? What's all the music that I hear in the Father's house? What's the, the dancing I hear in the Father's house? And a servant who is nothing more than just that. He is a servant. He is not a son. He, he's not an insider. He is truly an outsider because he's a servant and nothing more than a servant. And when, this, when the bitter son, when the son that had been faithful but had become bitter to the blessings of God in, in, in the Father's house that could 
could not rejoice with the blessings in the Father's house. You see, everybody else is dancing, everybody else is singing, but there's one. He was a faithful, he was a faithful servant. I thank God for faithful sons. I thank God for faithful people. We need faithful people. But faithful people too must remember that not everything is always going to go our way because we're faithful. There's a mark of faithfulness that just cannot be replaced. There is a blessing that comes with being faithful. The blessing of the faithful is, is, is so powerful. It's something that you can't possibly, uh, you don't want to live without the blessing of being faithful. When you, when you are faithful to God, you have put yourself uh, in, in a position where that God's blessings are going to just work in your life. They're just going to work in your life. We, we were talking talking about the blessings of God being so rich in, in so many lives. And, and I continually would remind my sons of this over this weekend, think about the faithfulness in their life. Look at the faithfulness in their life. And we were, we were discussing different, uh, different uh, uh, aspects of, of people's lives and we were talking about how that God has blessed them here and blessed them there. And I would consistently uh, talk to them about the blessing of being faithful. Being faithful to God. Being faithful in finances. Being faithful in, in, in church attendance. Being faithful to their family. Being faithful to their job. Being faithful in all things. I, I appreciate faithful people. Here in a couple of weeks, I'm going to bring a report of some of the wonderful things that God has been doing and what is happening through possessing our promise and our stewardship campaign. And the faithfulness, it just hit me this weekend as I began to reflect the faithfulness of God's people. That it's not one person that's giving, uh, that's giving $100,000 or $200,000 to build a church, but it's faithful people that has just been consistently giving whatever they could afford to give. And what they couldn't afford to give, some just kept on giving. And the faithfulness of God's people has brought us to where we are. And here we are now with a foundation that is in and a slab that is poured and it's all paid for, free and clear. Don't owe anybody for it. And I look here on this platform and I'm reminded of the boxes that have been moved. And tonight, I'm not going to tell you how many, but we're going to move some more boxes tonight. Because of faithful people. It isn't because one person's walking up moving 50 boxes, but it's because somebody is being faithful to the Lord and saying, I'm going to do whatever I can do where I'm at, and I'm going to be faithful to God. There is a blessing of being faithful. I reminded my sons of the blessings of God over our personal finances and how that God is blessed in our life because of faithfulness. God has a stewardship plan. And if you're faithful in God's stewardship plan, He will in turn be faithful back into your life. David said, I one time was young and now I'm old. And he said, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I come this morning to remind you that when you are faithful to God, maybe everything is not going to go the way you want it to go. But I can assure you this much. The faithful have a blessing that the unfaithful can never ever understand and know. 
Does it mean the unfaithful will never be able to make heaven? I'm not going to even go there this morning and judge who's going to heaven and who's not going to heaven. But I will tell you this much. The blessings of God in the life of a faithful individual is enough to merit me just wanting to be faithful to a faithful God. So in our text, there's a beautiful story that is, is unveiled. And if I may just speak for a moment today to, to a prodigal that may be in the house this morning. Now, I just want to say to you, no matter how far you go or what you've gotten involved in or what kind of spirit or attitude that you walked away from God with, can I just tell you, don't ever get so far away that you ever start thinking that there's not a road that leads back home. Because there's always a road that leads back home. And I want to invite every person this morning that may be in that position to consider making a turnaround in your life and making your way back home. Because there's nothing that's going to cause rejoicing in the church than when a prodigal turns around and says, I once was lost and I've gotten in a pig pen and I've gone a long ways away from God, but I'm going to come back home. It would do my heart good on this weekend after Thanksgiving on a Sunday morning for somebody to get up out of their chair today and say, I'm coming back to the Lord. I've wandered far away from God, but I'm coming home. I'm coming home. I'm coming home home. Prodigal, I want to preach to you this morning that there is a road that leads back to God and you need to get back on that road as quickly as you can. You don't have to wait until you're on rock bottom. You don't have to wait until life crashes down on you. But I come this morning to remind you that there is a blessing in the Father's house that's waiting for you. Get back to the church. Get back in communication with God and let Him bless your life. When the prodigal returned, there were some things that transpired and happened in his life. When the prodigal returned, the Bible said that there was a robe that was put upon him. There was a ring on his finger and there were shoes on his feet. This wasn't a tradition necessarily, but it was the request of the father. The father said put a robe on him. The robe was a, uh, it was significant to the prodigal. The robe was recognition of his status. He left with a robe. He was wearing a robe before he left. Uh, but something transpired when he left the father's house. He spent all he had. He must have traded his robe. He must have uh, let life uh, tatter and wear and, and, and destroy the, 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 the robe that he was wearing so that when he came back to the father's house, he was, he was wretched and he was weak and he was sad and he was, he was without any status in the father's house. There's now no anointing of the father's house. There's no identity or reputation of the father's house. And so the father said, get a robe and put back on him. Put a robe on him because the robe is a recognition that he belongs here in my house. His robe was his identity. His robe was his status in society. It was, it was how people knew him by the garment that he would be wearing. It, it, it was recognition of, of, of an approval of the father as he walked back in. Can I speak to the prodigal this morning and remind you that when you come back to God that He's not going to leave you naked and He's not going to leave you in the cold.
cold and he's not going to leave you without your identity but the Lord can restore back to you the years that the palmer worm and the canker worm has destroyed he will give back to you in blessing he will give back to you in, in, in status he will give back to you in anointing he said put a ring on his finger and the ring was a representative of, of his authority, his position, his power with the Father. When he wore a ring on his finger that was given to him of his Father, there would be a family insignia that would be placed upon the ring and it was how that they would sign, as they would sign a letter, the king would put his stamp of approval upon it. The same was true with a family. A family had their own insignia. They had their own uh, marking that would go upon their legal documents and papers. And when it would come, the, they, they could be able to, to, to sign it. They would place the insignia of the family upon it. The father said, you know what? I'm not going to make him wait three months or six months or a year. But when he comes back home, here's what I want you to do. Put a robe on him. And the next thing I want you to do is I want you to restore his authority and his position back in my house. I come this morning to remind somebody that's wandered away from the Lord that God is not trying to punish you and throw you aside and say you're just wasted junk that God could never use. But I want to remind you this morning that God will put a ring back on your finger. He can put authority back into your life. He can put position back into your life and power back into your life. You don't have to feel like, well, I'm now I'm back living for God and this is as far as I'm going to ever be able to go. I want to remind you that God is a God of restoration and he will restore everything back to you that the enemy has stripped away from you. And then the father tells them to put upon his feet put upon his feet shoes, put sandals or shoes upon his feet. By putting shoes upon his feet, it was, it was significant to the local household. It was acceptance into the house as a son. The servants, you see, the slaves were barefooted. They did not wear shoes, but a son would wear shoes. They had a blessing that others would not have. They had a blessing. I, I, I've got to just remind you this morning, there's so many parallels that we could draw here, but when you make your mind up to get back to where you need to be in the Lord, the Lord is not going to leave you wandering around in the cold, barefooted, wondering where you belong but he's going to bring he's going to bring shoes for your feet and he's going to let you know that you're accepted back into the father's house I'm preaching to saint and sinner alike this morning to remind you that it doesn't matter how far they've gone it doesn't matter how much they persecuted the church it doesn't matter what they've done to you your family what they've done in society all that matters is when the prodigal comes home I, I'm preaching this a little premature maybe just for some of you 
you, but I, I just got a feeling in my spirit that in the next few months, we're going to see a revival of prodigals that's going to begin to make their way back into the house of the Lord. I just want to remind you this morning that when they come back, don't feel like, oh, we're going to judge them and set them in a corner for six months because they disappointed us when they left. But when they come walking back in, we're going to put shoes on their feet, a robe and a ring on them and let them know you belonged here all along. We didn't push you out. You walked away. And when you come back home, you're still welcome in the church. You're still welcome. You're not being punished by the church. If God accepts you, I will accept you. The young man sinned against heaven and against the Father. He said, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But the Father here in this parable, the Father says, bring the best robe. He didn't just say, well, you, you just disappointed me. Bring the old beat up tattered robe that I discontinued. Go down to the yard sale and get the nastiest old robe you can find for a quarter and bring it. No, no, no. The father said, go in there and get the tailor-made, designed, best quality. Bring it and put it on him because I want him to know he's special. You know what you do when you, when, when you get those new clothes, you walk differently. You know, every Easter, everybody comes in with a new clothes on. And I, I, I just hate to tell you, but you all strut. <laughs> you just walk differently. You come in, you know, the new shoes, you just have to kind of kick that leg as you're walking. You get the new clothes and your man, you just walk differently. The father says, don't go down to the bargain basement center. But what I want you to do is take the best and I want you to put it on them. It's no wonder here standing out is the faithful son looking. He's taking the best robe. Why didn't he give it to me? Because he wants the prodigal to know you once were lost, but you're back home. And I want you to know that I love you just as much as I love the faithful. I love you just as much as I love the faithful son. And I'm not going to punish you because of what you have done. All that goes against some of us. But I still am going to remind you in a few minutes that there's still a blessing to the faithful that the prodigal may never be able to experience. But I do want to remind the prodigal this morning that the father is not trying to punish you, but he's trying to restore you. He said, bring the best robe. Bring the ring and the shoes and then he says, kill the fatted calf. Now you, this, this calf was not just any random calf. It was the fatted calf. It was like when, when mama would say, well, go out in the freezer. No, never mind. We got guests coming. Well, what does that mean? Oh, I got some special steaks in here. I got some special things I'm going to take out. We're gonna, I'm going to cook a special meal because they're coming home. The killing of the fatted calf was a symbol that the father had been waiting on him for a long time. 
Because he had gone ahead and brought the fatted calf. He had gone ahead and prepared. Can I preach to CLC for a moment? Can I tell you we got to be fattening up the calf? We better be getting ready for the revival that God is wanting to bring us among the, the, the prodigals that have walked away from the Lord. Are we, are, I'm asking you this morning, are you working in the, are you working in the stalls of, uh, of, 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 of the livestock? Are you preparing for the party? Are you preparing for the festival? Are you preparing for the feast? If not, you need to go ahead and get ready because it speaks of faith that you know that one day the prodigal is going to come back home. Can I preach to you this morning and remind you that it wasn't a random calf but the fatted calf. He saved the special calf and he said, go ahead and kill it now. We've waited a long time. It's time to rejoice and to have a party over it. And here they begin to play music and make merry and eat of the fatted calf. And along comes the faithful son. Now I want to speak to the church here for a moment about the spirit that we manifest toward those that have failed God and choose to come back home because the faithful son became angry. He was wroth. He was angry. Why? Why is the preacher spending so much time with a new convert? Why Why is the church having a party over the new convert don't they know I've been in the church for 50 years? Doesn't my father know, the prodigal says, all these years, he said to his father, all this time I've been faithful and you haven't killed the fatted calf for me. All this time I've been faithful and I'm still wearing the same robe I've been wearing for the last 20 years. You didn't put a brand new, fresh, shiny, glistening ring. My ring's half worn out and tattered from the work that I've been doing. And the robe is it's washed out from the many times that it's been laundered. And, 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 and my shoes are about worn out and I've been faithful. And, and here I am. And, 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 and you kill the fatted calf and you haven't had a party for me because I'm faithful. Why don't we have a faithfulness party? Anybody ever feel that way? Why aren't we having a faithfulness party? Why is it a party for the prodigal? Why, why, where, where, what's going on here? And he goes to his father with his complaint. And the father looks at him. And the father says to him, Son, you have been faithful all these years. It hasn't gone unnoticed. But the difference is, is that we're making merry and we're blessed to have him back home. But there are some things that you have failed to understand. All this time that you have been faithful, everything in the Father's house has belonged to you. There is the blessing for the faithful one. That everything belongs to you. God's not withholding anything from us. What we do sometimes is live beneath our privileges. You want to have a party? Have a party. You need some new shoes? Put them on. You need a new robe? Put it on. You need a new ring? Put it on. You need fresh anointing? Put it on. You need new identity? Put it on. All you got to do is just tap into the resources of the Father's house because all this time that they've been gone, I've been waiting on you to 
understand where you are in the house because the blessing of the faithful is that everything in the Father's house belongs to you. Psalm 84 said, no good thing will I withhold from them that walk uprightly. Can I preach to the church for the next two minutes that God has some blessings in store that you're not tapping into. There's some resources of God that are in the church that we're not tapping into. It's time we tap into the resources and say, God, I've been faithful. It is time for a refreshing. It's time for a renewal. I don't want to get a bad attitude because somebody new comes in and the church has a party. I don't want to get a bad attitude because the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner that repents. I want to have a party today because I know the prodigal's coming home and I want to have a party when my brother comes home. Oh, somebody give the Lord a shout of praise in the house. Luke chapter 12 said, it is the Father's good pleasure to give to you the kingdom. He's not withholding any good thing. It's his pleasure to give you the kingdom. We've just got to step into it. Stand with me this morning. Prodigal, I speak to you this morning. Welcome home. Come back home. Child of God, I speak to you this morning. Look around you at all the blessings that God has offered. All this time it's belonged to you. I've come with a simple little message today to tell you just tap into the resources of the Father's house because He wants to bless you. He wants to give you whatever you need. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed around the room. I want to make this as simple and easy as possible. The Lord has spoken to your heart today. In the next two minutes, I'm going to step aside and we're going to move and transition into this altar call. I invite you to come this morning. If you've wandered far away from the Lord, it's a good time to come home. If you're not living in the blessings of God, You've taken a road of sin. Come home today. My second appeal this morning is for the one that's living in the Father's house, but you're struggling with so many things. I've tried to remind you this morning that everything in the Father's house belongs to you because of your faithfulness. Why don't you tap into those resources today? And just come on back into the Father's house and not stand outside. and Don't be upset and angry over the rejoicing, the progress of the church without you. Come on and rejoice with us today. Because God says, everything I have belongs to you. I'm not withholding anything from you. It's yours today. Sister Cheryl's going to start singing softly. Heads are bowed. No one's looking around the room. This is a good time for you to step out. It's as easy as possible. Nobody's put on the spot. There's no spectacle today. But I open these altars this morning. Would there be one that would like to make their way to the front of this room today and say, I'm coming to the Lord. 
I'm coming back to the Lord today. Or I'm coming to renew my vows to him today and let him know. God bless these that are already moving this morning. Would you join us? Would you join us here in the front of the room today? Would you join us in the front of the room today? The Lord is speaking to hearts all over the house. The Lord is speaking to hearts all over the room this morning. Come to him this morning. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. How about a church? You want to step out from where you are and join these in the front this morning? Just as an act of faith and say, we're coming to you this morning, Lord. We're coming to let you know that we want to tap into the resources that you have available to us.